This episode of I Ride a Bike is supported in part by Allspeed, the official bike shop of the podcast. With convenient locations in Portland, Bethel, and Carabasset Valley, Maine, Allspeed is the local shop for everything bike. For more information and to check out their latest hot deals, please visit allspeed.com. Hi, I'm Seth Ballier, the host of I Ride a Bike, where each episode we follow one basic premise, to never grow old, one ride at a time, and the stories that follow. Take me back to the times when we would grab our bikes and ride the days into the night. Though our eyes would soon be open for the moment we were golden. Today I'm coming to you from Black Point Studios, also known as my kitchen table, and uh, stoked to be chatting bikes today with Bo Lambert. He's a persistent and ever-present proponent of pedal and push-powered machines. Uh, you may know of Bo from his nearly 20 years of running Rye Airfield in New Hampshire, or perhaps from his years of racing cross-country and downhill uh, while proudly repping his home state of Maine. So, uh, hey, Bo, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for making the drive up today. Oh, man. I'm super psyched. Yeah, and uh, not only that, but uh, you even brought lunch, some uh, snacks, some uh, bubbly water. It's been fantastic. I mean, this is officially the first uh, first almost uh, sponsored thing that's happened to me, so it's pretty nice. I Let me it. know how the rosemary oil turns out. Oh, and then homemade <laughs> rosemary oil. That's what's sitting on the, uh, the windowsill now and uh, curing for future enjoyment. So, yeah. But thanks for making it up here today. Um, before uh, we get going, um, I'll start, the, start off with the basic question of why do you ride a bike? This is going to get deep, but it's way cheaper than therapy. Um, like I, I say it with a laugh, but like for me, I don't even remember a time not riding a bike and, uh, you know, dealt with some angst and depression when, in my life. And, you know, we talk about like type one, type two fun for me. It's like type two therapy. There are days where I'm just like, I don't want to ride, but I need to ride. And mm-hmm. then I do it. And I'm like, all right, that's good. And, uh, yeah, just, it's definitely kept me leveled yeah for sure and but i do enjoy it too yeah you know, right. so kind of double benefit yeah i mean the world i think would be a happier place if more people were riding bikes totally you know it's all i ever wanted to do <laughs> really as a kid and that's why i do what i do now more bike lanes more uh access to bikes everything everything around it would yeah be, just make it i would be happier anyway and i think a lot of people out there would be Let, happier let's so. not like have thousand dollar bikes yeah, <laughs> for every kid, right. you know, like let's make just like good bike to get around on. That's the thing. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The accessibility is, is a whole nother issue. Maybe a different podcast altogether. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. A lot of great foundations out there that are helping get people on bikes though. So right. love to see that. Um, so where'd you, you grew up in Maine then? I mean, you, yeah. you proudly represented Maine in your later racing years, but you're from Maine originally. Yep. Born and raised, grew up in North Berwick, actually. After I got out of college, my wife and I lived in Agonquit and then ended up buying a house in North Berwick. Um, I was fortunate enough to do a bunch of traveling, spent a year in Utah, kind of like a gap year halfway through college, but 
I'm definitely a local. Yeah, yeah I'm not. and in uh, North Berwick, is that was it pretty much uh, rural living or yeah, yeah. real rural, yeah, real rural. Dirt road riding from a kid. Quite a bunch yeah. of uh, dirt road riding. We still have a couple left, um, although they're probably going to get paved soon. Which, um, when you're a kid, though, you, I mean, like we were saying before we started recording, I grew up on a dirt road, and if they came along and paved our road, I would have been so stoked back then. But now it's like I want anything but to just ride on a dirt road. You know, it's like right. it's so funny to look back, and, you know, but. Um, do you, uh, remember your know, first rides on, on bikes back then? Yeah. I'm the, so my brothers are like six and eight years older. Okay. And so all I ever did was wanted to chase them around and right. be with them. And so our rides were just, you know, we, our neighborhood was called the five corners and we always rode up there. So I guess probably from the age of like five or six yeah. jumping on a bike and just chasing them up the road to get there. Yeah. And, um, that's how we got everywhere. You know, I started riding my bike back and forth to school in third grade. Right on, yeah. You know, yeah. on a rural road, like uphill both ways, which is kind of funny, but <laughs> yeah. I lived on the bottom side in the valley of one hill. So I had to go up and over all the way to town the other <laughs> yeah. way and back. So technically, there were uphills both ways for sure. Yeah. Not for sure. fully uphill the entire way. You know, exactly. Be, but what was the bike you were riding to school though? I mean, was it a. So a- then it was that, um, the Pro Thunder. I can't remember who made those, like Huffy or Murray. Yeah. I think it was Huffy made the Pro Thunder because Murray was the bike and rad, wasn't it? Or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, I have one of the red ones from that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that was the bike. I got it when I was eight years old and my first new bike, and I rode that thing into the ground. It was your first. So before that, then, were you hand me downs from your older brothers then? Yeah. yeah I mean, that was the hand me downs, brothers, cousins, right. neighbors, digging it out of the dump, building it up, yeah. and uh, yeah, whatever we can get our hands on. Yeah. Did you, as you rode a lot of miles with your brothers and stuff, were you like, I mean, you said you were basically going to the five corners, were you a gang with a bunch of kids? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But, oh, we'd ride to the high school, which was five miles away. Right. And then, you know, whatever, play soccer, ride back, swim in a swimming hole. Right. Like, I wish I knew how many miles I rode as a kid, but just nonstop. That's all I did. I wonder, like, I mean, I know for, like, we were the same way. The closest town for us was about five miles away, the town of Woodhall. And uh, that was the only place that had, like, a, you know, a paved basketball court. And we would, like, put a basketball on our backpack and ride on our BMX all the way there and back. You know, uphill definitely both ways for sure. Um, but it felt like it was a long way. It is a long way, I guess, when you're a kid, five miles each way. But the, the number of miles, I wonder. I'd be really curious to find out. Like, was it as many miles as I seem to remember that it was, you know? Thousands of miles, right, tens yeah. of thousands of miles. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I bet in the summer we rode at least 10 miles a day, no matter what. Right. You know, because the, the five corners like five miles away. Then you get to go down to the pit and jump in the water. Right. And then go throw rocks under the bridge. Maybe <laughs> ride out to the lake and hit the rope swing. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All over the place. Yeah. yeah just that, nonstop riding. That's so great. Do you uh, get any trouble as a kid riding bikes? Getting lost or anything like that? Hmm. The only time I remember being on a bike. You would have been in trouble a couple times. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, I'm trying to think of like, it was more, it was the trouble of like parents worrying like, oh, there's a giant storm coming and the boys aren't home. Where are they? Right. Like something like that. But um, yeah, we might've gotten in trouble, uh, not necessarily with the bike, but the bike got us in trouble because they followed the tracks home. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I got to say my, my parents were probably way more chill than a lot of parents and that we just basically had to get home before like dark 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 you know what i mean right. so it was like yeah and they would never follow us anywhere the things we got away with i mean 
we joke with my mom now because she thinks it's hilarious, but also like, you did what when you were a kid? You went to what hunting cabin and broke <laughs> totally. in? Like, it was somewhat yeah. innocent fun. Totally. I yeah. guess. I get it. <laughs> So did you uh, did you continue like ride the bike to school all the time then was that your I did yeah like I winter too yep yeah as long as it wasn't snow on the ground I just really? did it yeah. I lived exactly a mile from the school yeah and um, I would either ride my bike or skateboard right you know it got to the point we were the only kids in town that skateboarded my brothers and I and then a family moved in from like Florida <laughs> and the kids like oh my gosh people skateboard you know and then. Um, one of the boards got taken by the police because they were like, you know, we were just bombed down the middle of the road into right. town. Um, but yeah, bike or skateboard to school, even in high school, like yeah. uh, all summer long, going to like football practice or something. Sure. Ride back and yeah. forth, you know, double sessions. That, that was like 25 miles a day type of deal doing that. Right. And it was top shape, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that was just the thing. And I probably could only pinpoint one or two years where I didn't ride a bike at least once or twice a week. You know, just even in high school, we had BMX bikes. Rad came out. So obviously that spring, all we did was watch Rad on HBO, then go outside and then jump everything in sight. Or if we were afraid, grab the neighbor and make him jump first. (laughs) And then jump it ourselves. Yeah, right, for sure. Were you aware of BMX before you saw the movie Rad? I mean, magazines, I guess, and everything like that. The Trapper Keeper, man. Yeah, yeah, right. Gosh, I can't remember which one that is, but it was blue. And it was on the, the dude was on a trapper keeper, fully kitted up. And the first time I saw that, I was like, I'm going to race. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah. You know, like. Did you it, ever get the whole uh, kit, like the whole BMX? Never. Full pants, full, you know, yeah. No, we couldn't. I no, still kind of wanted. Yeah, I never have either, but I see it like the old retro ones that come up. And I'm yeah. like, oh, what a dork I would be. But man, I just kind of want to wear it sometime. Yeah. And maybe ride around my house and not let anybody see me but you know <laughs> totally there's a couple guys that ride at highland that have like it looks like a rad jersey but sure, it's another yeah, name yeah, on it yeah. it's pretty sick yeah i am going to be doing uh i ride a bike jerseys for for my rides this year oh, nice probably hand them out to some of my friends who i ride with regularly and uh but it'll it'll fully be uh throwback to those early vans or rad totally. days or whatever it's gonna be so gotta nice. do it and there's places you can get custom everything now so it's Pretty yep. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, you were just we were talking about the many miles we put on our bikes as kids too, and, and all of that. But when did it ever? I'm trying to think back, did it ever occur to you that you were actually getting exercise while riding bikes? I mean, it was a t- it was tiring, and you knew that like this this hill's really brutal on a single speed BMX or whatever. But it never occurred to me that I'm like going out to get exercise. I was always getting out to get somewhere, and it happened to be tiring at times, right? Right. I mean, what was the first time you remember you would? ride to actually condition yourself you know high school yeah you know i had a purpose of yeah yeah i had a wrestling coach that raced road bikes and i start that was the year i really started riding a lot in high school just Mm -hmm. to get around because i didn't have a car and i noticed how much faster it made me run that was like a huge thing as like a 15 year old kid i'm like wow i'm pretty quick Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'd say it was around then. Yeah. I would use it in the wintertime until Snowfly would like to cut weight for wrestling. Right. I would just go out and go on like long road rides. Yeah. And uh, Did you wear the uh, plastic bags over you when you were trying to cut weight for wrestling? I, I, I had a legit suit. <laughs> you did? Okay. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I, I, again, flashbacks. I mean, I never wrestled, but I remember kids who would wear like literally like plastic trash bags under sweatsuits and go running to like lose weight. Like how unhealthy that is is or was i don't know totally yeah yeah. not healthy (laughs) not the right way to do it but no you got to cut that like pound to get your weight class right yeah exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) pretty pretty wild man the uh 
Did you uh, go on any adventures outside of your town on bikes, like load up the car and head off with family or anything we, like that? Or No, we didn't. Yeah. You know, we were really like rooted. You know, we maybe would go camping once in a while, not a ton of family trips. Right. And I would say I didn't really start extending beyond that until I graduated. Right. Until I graduated high school. You know, it just... I was one of the only ones that rode, first mm-hmm. of all. Like, MTV killed all my friendships <laughs> because it came out and everybody wanted to stay home and watch videos. And I'd be like riding my bike around. I'm like, you know, 14 years old. I'm like, nobody wants to ride bikes anymore. I still want to ride a bike. MTV I still want killed. a skateboard, you know? But like, yeah, it, my adventures were, then became just solo. Right. You know, just would like explore and just cover every road in my town, just yeah. riding around. And then, you know, like, I just wanted to race a bike. There was a race that went by my house every year, and I'd like hang out and like jump what, in the what, tail end of it. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of race was it? Was it was a road, road race. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a road race, and it I think it left from Sanford, and but they would always flag the road, right. so I knew the race was coming. And right. like over years, I just would like hang out and like You'd ride with it. Jump like my, into it. Yeah, I'm like breaking away moment. I'd like ride with the race and be like, ah! yeah. <laughs> and just went further and further with him every year, you know, because my wrestling coach did it. Yeah, and I would like wait there and watch and see him and yell at him. Oh, that's and, cool. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Did you ever enter it officially? Never. No, yeah, really? Because oh. I didn't know how to. Right, right. I didn't know anybody that raced other than him. Right. And, you know, when he was a young guy, it wasn't like he was going to be like, hey, come with me. Right. Like we would do now. It wasn't as much empathy, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't know how to. I didn't even know the first thing about it. Right. You know, like I didn't have a helmet. Like, where am I going to get a helmet? Right. Where am I, where am I going to get tight fitting clothes other than <laughs> I could wear my wrestling singlet or something? Yeah, right. That would have been kind of funny. That would have been amazing. <clears throat> wrestling yeah. singlet and your uh, wrestling shoes. And yeah, just, totally. Yeah. And, Probably well, and your little uh, ear protector yeah, things totally. or whatever, right? Man, that might be a costume. <laughs> there you go, right? The crossover costume. Yeah, sure. totally. Did you... But you said you were uh, inspired when you first saw like Rad or whatever to want, yeah. you wanted to like, I'm gonna race like whatever. Did you ever yeah. do any BMX racing or any kind of racing at all? Like no, that? got to ride some tracks, yeah. you know, here and there. Right. But it just wasn't it wasn't in the card money wise. Right. And sure. then like getting around, you know, we just couldn't do it. You know, yeah. single mom, like three brothers, like or three kids. It's not happening. Right. Totally. Know? I mean, and, and even if it could, it's sometimes as a kid, I. I see a lot of kids nowadays are getting pushed into a lot of different things and like some of them love it and I'm sure a lot of them love it, but I'm glad that I only did participated in my like high school or, you know, baseball and soccer and whatever it was. Um, I always have that fear that if I start doing something for something other than the pure joy of it, it might take the fun out of it. You know, I look at my artwork that I do is is that way. Like I don't really like doing my artwork for customers because I might not enjoy it anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but I think about it kind of that way and, I don't know, maybe that's just me saying, well, I never had the opportunity, so I'm glad I didn't do it. You know what I mean? But whatever. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't think I would have liked it. Yeah. Honestly, like as much as I wanted to do it, I think the cool BMX, it was just like, I want to like that outfit. Right. <laughs> you know, like I'm honest, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. but I don't think I really would have enjoyed BMX racing because it's like a whole day for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, so I would have just been going squirrel nuts and just oh, been like, right, dude, sure. this is not cool. It would have definitely been more into. Oh, you've got to go ride 30 miles. Okay, that's cool. But right. I didn't even know what that was yeah, until yeah. I was like 19, right. maybe. You know, it was my first real exposure to it and opportunity. Yeah. So, so obviously uh, riding bikes a lot in uh, middle school and high school. Um, you got a road bike at some point, a mountain bike at any point in high school or anything like that? Yep. Like getting farther, more adventurous style stuff? or And that's probably, yeah, that's when it got kicked in, when yeah. I got a mountain bike. Right. I got a mountain bike probably a year and a half after I got a car. Mm-hmm. And af- at that point it was like, 
I was the kind of kid that would go down the road and I would just daydream about riding that trail you see on the side of the road. And just literally, I still do it now. Oh, I, and I see, I'm like, I wonder where that goes. And so when I got my mountain bike, <laughs> I would just start doing that, you know. And I can still remember my first rides out at, you know, Mount A, the mm-hmm. real Mount A, mm-hmm. Mount Agamenicus. <laughs> <laughs> and just covering every piece of dirt we could find to ride. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, when I, I was at Hofstra, yep. I was going to college at Hofstra. And I went out one night, well, I'd go out and ride. And so there was no mountain biking. I mean, it's an old, it's just flat. Right. And, but I discovered next to the Coliseum, the Nassau Coliseum, were some old, like, uh, power lines. And it was loaded with trails. Yeah. So I'd leave campus, chuck my bike over the fence, and go mountain bike all through there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my wrestling coach there was like, Where, what are you doing over there? That's where all the hobos live. I'm like, they're totally cool. Yeah, right. Like, for me, I was just like, whatever. Yeah, like, I'm on a bike. These guys are on, I just out here. I don't yeah, care. Right. They yeah. get out here with a grocery cart somehow. It was <laughs> yeah, funny. Right. And, yeah, I, that was like 1989, 90. Mm-hmm. And um, I just was like looking for more adventure there. And uh, ultimately, you know, I left there because I was out cutting weight at night, got hit by a car. Riding a bike? Yeah, riding a bike. Oh, I was cutting weight. I got drilled. I got T-boned on campus and ended up with bruised kidney and it like hit a curve in my head. I had a small concussion and just like, oh, wow. I just Bummer. got banged up and I was like, I am out of here. I was like a caged animal, you know, kid from Maine on Long Island. Right. And uh, that, that cut it right there. Boom. Yeah. As soon as that happened, I was like, I am out of here. And my buddy and I packed up at the end of that summer and moved to Utah. Oh, right <laughs> you know? So yeah, like yeah. the mountain bike like kicked the adventure. Right you know? on. Then, yeah. That's when it got real. Was like, there, was there? A, I mean, besides the accident, was there a time in your mind while at Hofstra that you were riding bike and being like, "Why do I spend all my time like trying to cut weight to be on a mat when I could just be out here riding my face off every second?" Right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, right. like, and that I think the allure to that wasn't even that I, I loved the sport. It was just like it was something hard to do. Mm-hmm. Sure. It was just yeah. something hard to do. Like go work out. Like, yeah. yeah. But I just wanted to ride my bike. Like at that point. But it was kind of like. The first one going to college, like be the first one to graduate. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the stuck in the rut of other people's goals. Right. Sure. Yeah. That's all. I should have never gone to school right away. You right. know what I mean? I should have I mean, just got on my bike and ridden across country. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of, I think, I think there, there is a small movement of that now, right? Where sort of like the gap year kind of idea or whatever totally. it is. And I mean, I think everybody that I know in my, in our, in our age bracket, could say that I wish I had taken a little time in between. I mean, I went to school for art. I was an artist. I went to school for art. It made sense. I wasn't going to go for school for something else necessarily. But I also went there and like discovered, you know, what a keg stand was and quickly was way better at that than doing my artwork. And, you know, if I'd taken some time, maybe, you know, I mean, I graduated, I have a good job, but you know, besides that, it's like maybe some time between to Ride bikes out west somewhere would have been good, too. So Totally. Yeah, I got my year in. I put almost 200 days at snowboard snowboarding. Yeah. Learned yeah. how to snowboard out there, actually. Yeah. Did a ton of mountain biking. and Did you it, have a... It was very grounding. Yeah. yeah. So did you have a uh, plan when you headed to Utah to pursue anything specific like, like biking or snowboarding or whatever? Or was it just to get the hell out of... It was just to leave. Yeah. It was just to leave. Sure. And like... Adventure, which is totally like go have some adventure. Reason. But we had our bikes mm-hmm. and we bought snowboards when we were out there. My buddy already knew how to snowboard, yeah. And uh, 
yeah, it was just adventure. We drove cross country without a roadmap, which was sick. <laughs> and we had our rule where like you couldn't go backwards. Oh, really? no, no going in reverse. <laughs> yeah. And no joke. We picked a kid up in Ohio and then he was driving and then I don't know, we switched on and off, but somewhere like west of Chicago, he legitimately took a wrong turn. And when I woke up, I was seeing signs from Minnesota. I'm like, dude, what are we doing in Minnesota? And he's like, I don't know. I just kept following the road. And like, yeah, there's like a thousand roads here. Yeah, right. And so we stopped. A thousand lakes and a thousand roads. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We stop at a rest area and we're like, look, and I'm like, whoa, South Dakota's up that way. Let's go to Mount Rushmore. And that's what we did. Like, that was like the event. That was so fun. So then we just started writing stuff down. We're like, okay, it, whatever. It's not 80, but whatever the route was. And right. we went by Mount Rushmore, which was super fun and right. sick. And then we went by Crazy Horse, the Crazy Horse Memorial, mm -hmm. the monument. Yep. It was just barely being worked on right. then. And then, uh, yeah, we just kept stopping places and writing down directions and finally made it to Salt Lake So no City. map, but pieces of paper anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. That's that's an awesome way to do it, though. I mean, if, if you had more time, if you you weren't held down to two weeks of vacation, the things we could do on a road trip, right? It's just like, let's just go there next, whatever yeah. that is, you know? It's like, go get lost. Go that way, exactly, yeah. Because yeah. getting lost is where, you know, it's, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but that's where you find the real adventure, right? When you don't know what you're looking for, that's when you find it, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's what that year was, was like we fully got lost. <laughs> yeah. Which was fun. That's great. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick uh, break here. I'm gonna get some more water and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Where do you take your bike? Airborne. Vertical. To the max. Bike Max, the new talking computer control center. It tells you how fast you're going. 18 miles per hour. 19 21 miles per hour. How far you've gone. 9.8 miles. And there's a secret code along. Stolen bike. Stolen bike. Only you can decide. Take your ride to the max. Bike Max. The talking speedometer, odometer, alarm, computer control center. Finally, the days of having dirt back under the tires is upon us. Well, maybe some mud and a few sketchy potholes, but it's spring, and I for one am stoked. And to get you ready for another great season, all you have to do is stop by Allspeed's amazing new flagship store, conveniently located right off the Portland Trail system at 936 Brighton Avenue. In addition to a full range of bikes and accessories for riders of all levels, the super friendly staff at Allspeed is ready to help with everything from your basic spring tune-up to a full custom build. And be sure to keep an eye out for a season of fun events, parties, and shenanigans. With convenient locations in Portland, Carabasset Valley, and Bethel, Maine, Allspeed is the local shop for everything bike. For more information and to check out their latest hot deals, please visit allspeed.com. Allspeed, the official bike shop of the podcast. And we're back with Bo Lambert. Okay, so um, you now have uh, finally made it across the United States with no map. You're in Utah. Yep. And uh, what was the next uh, stage of bike adventures out there? Uh, let's see. Freedom from Freedom. wrestling. Yeah, and, uh, everything else. And we just started going around. So, speaking of Rad, mm -hmm. one of the guys in Rad was Glenn Adams. Okay. So if you remember in Rad, there's a guy, he wears a Bingham Schwinn jersey. Yeah. In Rad. Yeah, yeah, sure. Dude, Bingham Schwinn. It was on the same road that we lived in. Oh. So I walked in 
And I'm like looking around and then it clicked. I was like, oh my God. And the guy looks at me and he yells back to the back room. And he's like, we got another one. <laughs> and I said, I, was, I saw the jersey on the wall. I was like, who was in rad? And then the guy comes out. We started talking. It was Glenn Adams mm -hmm. who ended up, he was a really good mountain biker too. Like around that era. I'm pretty sure he medaled at the world championships in downhill. There was oh, something about yeah, it. So yeah. anyways, yeah, there was that crew of guys out there like Tim Hall, Fuzzy Hall, I was a Mongoose BMX mm -hmm. guy. Like they lived like all in that same area we were in. And I couldn't even tell you the trails we rode because it was still, it was, that was 1991. And we would just drive down the road and be like, there's a trail, go ride. Oh, at the end of it's an old mine. Oh, right. let's go in the mine. We're from Maine. We don't know any better. Right. You know, like walk down into sure. a mine and be like, we should probably turn around. <laughs> or like it was October, the mountains started getting dumped on. We're like, let's go snowboard. And the ski patrol kicked us off the mountain. They're like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. We have avalanches. And we're like, where are you from? We're like, oh, we're from Maine. They're like, yeah, go figure. Yeah, right, Get totally. off the mountain right now because we just had four feet of snowfall. Uh, we were starry-eyed and excited about everything. Yeah, yeah, clueless yeah. to like what could happen. Yeah, totally. Um, well, what brought you to that particular – why did you go to Utah or that specific area or anything like that? I just picked it on a map, heard about it? Because a guy – and they actually – they're from Bethel. And his sons now are like 20. Mm -hmm. His son has moved to Utah. He works at Elta. Wild, yeah. It was them, these guys that were a little younger than us. Yeah. And they were talking about how they'd gone on a ski trip with their family to Utah. And I'd never even traveled in the country. Mm -hmm. Like, been around New England a little bit, you know. Same. And we were just like, hell yeah, let's go to Utah. That sounds sick. I want to learn how to snowboard. That'll be fun. And mountain biking and we like found like travel brochures or something i, th I think we got them from triple a like right. a chick that, that <laughs> you could go there sure, yeah. and so like i was like oh what's utah like and looked at some maps and we had no idea right we moved out there we How you looked at the maps you went to triple a you didn't get a triptych or a map you just, nothing no we just like looked at the brochures they had on like go to utah to. <laughs> yeah and so we're like we're just gonna go west and we knew we had to go to cleveland so but we hopscotched so like we went to RIT because that's where my buddy had gone to college. Yep. And then we knew, like, well, to go from there to the kid in Ohio, he had been there. We're like, ah, we know we got to go this way. Although we did have to pull over and, like, he lived in Shaker Heights. Mm -hmm. But we were, like, not in the right neighborhood. And cops came up and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. And they're we're like, from Maine. we're at a payphone. <laughs> oh, they knew we were from Maine. We had the tags. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, follow us. You need to get out of this neighborhood. And so, uh, yeah, we were pretty, uh, what do I want to say, naive. Yeah. But right. it was sick. Like, yeah. I wouldn't, I still have so many f stories from that. Like, I'll sit down and my kids would just be like, oh, I'll think of something and we'll come up with some crazy story, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, what we did. Right. But we didn't have a place to live. We stayed at a, uh, a hostel, a youth hostel. Yeah. And the lady that ran it helped us get a place to live <laughs> out of kindness of her heart or out of the kindness of get out of my place <laughs> no she was super cool yeah. so we ended up staying at santa fe apartments okay and the irony is i wish i'd gone back the next year because that's where the, the beastie boys lived the next year there. oh really yeah wow. you can like look it up i yeah. can't remember what album they were working on um but they lived in the same apartment complex while they were working on an album but we were a year too early right on or they were late i don't know yeah, one, right. of, one of the other one away but there's like a lot of good crossovers there so yeah, I spent the year there, worked at the Airy up at Snowbird. Okay. Um, it was sick. You know, you got a season pass. It included free bus fare. And, you know, we lived right next to Living our the dream, Albertsons. Right? Yeah, dollar movies every Wednesday night. And yeah. all we did was snowboard or, or we'd mountain bike when we got the chance, you know, like, and just 
just drive around. Nah, you know? That sounds pretty great. Yeah, it was fun. So I wish I had done something like that. I never, uh, I never moved outside. Well, Maine, I guess, until uh, like 2006, I moved moved to Los Angeles. But it was like the first time I'd ever moved across the country, like away from my family and everybody and all my friends. But um, I wish in the younger years I'd taken some time to do something like that. But hey, I'm here now doing what I do. Everything leads to where I am, so whatever. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally, totally. And while there, like. So in Salt Lake, they get the inversion, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. January and February, and it's like really cold. And we went through a spell of like really horrible snow. So one of my friends and I, we got like five days off in a row, and we took off, and we went to Vegas, and we stopped everywhere we could, and we're just mountain bike. So we did Vegas, Hoover Dam, um, cool. and then we shot over to Encinitas, yep. and then down into Mexico, and then we came back through Death Valley. Wow. And we mounted like all over Death Valley. We just either were exploring or driving. The only time we stopped to sleep, like actually park and both of us sleep one time, we went into UCLA, one of the parking garages, and we got kicked out like two hours later, but <laughs> we got a good nap. And um, yeah, and back through Death Valley and like up to Salt Lake. So that again, I like kept feeding that. Wow, there's so much more out here. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Did you like, take a map on that trip? Yeah, we did. We didn't learn. <laughs> less, it, wait, less time. Yeah, but. totally. Because we were like, he had the map in his car. He wasn't buying into like our foolery. So yeah, right. That's awesome. Though. He was one of the younger guys that convinced us to go out there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So by by this time, were you considering yourself? I am a mountain biker. I think it was that summer when I came back. Yeah. Yeah. When I like clicked, I'm like, yeah, I'm a mountain biker. Like this is what I do. Became one of your titles. Officially. Yeah. yeah, and it started because I walked into the local shop. I had done a race before, though, the year before, okay. the summer before, just randomly. In Utah? Uh, no, in North, in uh, Southern Maine, at okay. Mount A. Okay. And, but I walked into this guy's shop looking for a new bike, because my bike got stolen when we were in Utah at the tail end of the winter, Ugh. which stunk, after we got back uh, after we got back from the Vegas trip. Uh, and the guy, he's like, and I'm like shopping for a bike, and he looks down at my legs, he's like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I used to wrestle, you know, I was a little thick. And he's like, I'm going to give you a deal on a bike. You need to go do this mountain bike race for really? me. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. And he gave me a T-shirt and some stickers and a smoking deal on his bike, actually. Yeah. So I bought his bike and went and raced the next weekend. And how did you do? At Mount A. Um, I was definitely like up there. I don't remember, but I do remember because I showed up because I didn't have a kit. Right. Like, you know, I just, I just, I just had a shop T-shirt on, a hat, or his helmet, and... Uh, I don't even know what I wear for short. It's probably like surf trunks. Probably. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I saw this dude in a full kit, all Trek, and I'll <laughs> never forget it because we're friends now. And I was like, that's the guy to catch. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. all I thought yeah. about. I'm like, that's the guy to catch right there. Mm-hmm. And that was Matt Brown. And uh, he was he was a factory Trek guy and like did national events and stuff. And uh, Did you ever catch him? Yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. he'll say that too. Yeah. After. It was funny. He'll reflect on. He's like, I remember after that first race, being like, "Oh no, that guy's here. <laughs> that kid's <laughs> here. <laughs> the kid in the swim trunks is the here. The kid's here. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome." So I just, yeah, I just started charging after it. Then, when did uh, racing actually become like a thing? Like you were just full on into it. I'd say like '93. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, '93. It was like the. It was like what I wanted to do. Right. Um. Fine. Like I could buy my own stuff, and it was just, and it was clicking. You know, so so I think it was right around then, like I upgraded to expert at the end of 93, going into 94. Mm-hmm. So and after that was like pro, 
which is, you know, that was Ned Tinker, John Tomac. I was like, that wasn't happening. Oh, right, right. Um, and that became my sole focus. You know, I got into UMaine. My wife was working on her master's mm-hmm. and, uh, all I did was school and train mm-hmm. and like, and it was interesting cause my body was going through a huge transition too, from like, Hey, I was becoming a man, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't like this kid anymore, but I was moving from a wrestler's body into like a more of a mountain biker body. I wouldn't say cycling body because right. I'm not a climber. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was, uh, I started talking to more and more people about like, what do I do? Cause all I was doing was just, I would ride and like, I had it in my brain, like I need to take Saturdays off. So I'm rested on a Sunday, but that wasn't really working. You kind of need to take a couple days before off and, or I'd be like, I need to go do a century. So I'm faster on Sunday. <laughs> like, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so you were training fully on your own then at that point? Yeah, totally. Um, my hero when I was a kid was Eric Hyden. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading an article about him like, then he would train with the national team and they'd be like, yeah, we'd go do a two hour workout. And then he would go repeat the workout. And so I did that. I adopted that when I was like 12 years old. So like we would do a workout, whatever sport I was doing. And when I got home, I would work out again. <laughs> but I was like, that's what you got to do. Because yeah. Eric, look at Eric. Yeah, look right, what he right, did. Yeah. That was a mentality I had. Maybe it worked. I don't know. Well, a, I mean, a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say it didn't, probably didn't hurt you at no, the very least. Right? just made me tired. Yeah. Sounds exhausting just thinking about it, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Because he used to do these. Uh, he would put 300 pounds on a bar and squat it 300 times. What? And yeah. so I was like, well, I'd do like 100 pounds 100 times. And I'd do sets. I would do it 10 times, though. Like, oh, yeah, And then yeah. I would like rotate around the gym and whatever. Um, but yeah, no. And that was in college. I went to school yeah, to be yeah, a teacher, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was fun. Yeah. It was That was just all that time was, was train and study right that's right do you remember uh going from when you switched from the swim trunks to a a kit yeah um (laughs) were you so excited (laughs) i was so excited because you kona Mm -hmm. so the local shop hooked put me in another kid uh plus salem mazaway from like connecticut was in it was the kona pro development program Mm -hmm. and they had them like around the region so Kona shops could pick guys and put them into it and they set us up with the sickest jerseys and so of course me I'm like oh whatever I cut the sleeves off <laughs> and then I go to a race and the because mountain biking was still so new the race official was like you can't race I was like what are you talking about and she's like you have to have sleeves because USA Cycling or oh, I, I think some... it was USA Cycling then and we were Norba she was a USA Cycling official and she's like, you have to have sleeves. And the one that saved me was Matt Brown because he came over. He's like, that's USA Cycling, not Norba. No kidding. But she was like going to find me. I was like, what is this <laughs> fascist movement? <laughs> yes, was like, We're mountain bikers. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? And yeah, so it was kind of funny. I but, thought you were um, going to say it's because you had like sponsor logos in your sleeves that you cut off or something I like had, that. You no, know, no, you just no, had yeah. to have sleeves yeah, on your right. shirt. And I was like, heck, nah, man, we're at the gun show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But uh, so did that become your, your signature move then after that? Did you uh, always go sleeveless? I did it more as a point, <laughs> well, like just to act. be like, we're mountain biking. It right. was like that same sort of thing of like skateboarding and, you know, whatever, like, you know, the pool skaters. In a, in, or not even this, it's the street kids versus like whatever, the pool skaters, vert skaters, like the old flat ground guys. Mm-hmm. Or, and I was like, no, we're mountain bikers. We're not roadies. <laughs> and so I just cut my sleeves off forever. 
And then I remember the rep from Kona came in one day. He's like, oh, I got something for you. And it was like a made sleeveless jersey. Oh, and really? it was like mesh. <laughs> and everybody had gotten them. But I was like, yeah, man, this is sick. Like, thank <laughs> right? you. Yeah, very thoughtful. And, yeah, totally. Doesn't have the fringe tear marks or cut no, marks on No, it didn't. It. Yeah, it didn't. It definitely didn't. A little less badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I remember that. And uh, and then I started buying bike clothes. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. I, and, you know, I guess I'm a cyclist now. Yeah, right. You know? There was a brief time in, like, 2000 to 2002 that I did wear regular just black padded spandex shorts when I would go mountain biking because I thought this we had to do whatever right um, but I I'm I don't know I just I, at this age I'm just more resistant to wearing anything that's super tight unless it's my wetsuit you know right and then I'm just out there with all, all the other seals and fish anyway so who cares right? but, <laughs> totally yeah yeah maybe it's the self-consciousness and, and I actually let it go <laughs> yeah I ride in regular clothes now yeah like pretty much all the time mm-hmm. like just I don't even wear padded shorts anymore yeah and I tend to wear like a button-down shirt yep and just covers my arms. So I want to get more like skin cancer and totally, stupid stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. Usually go with like the pearl snap shirt. Check it out. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, it's like the cowboy thing. It catches a branch and rips open. So Yeah, it's a good look. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. I don't know. Yeah. Well, fashion seems to be uh, heading in the way of more casual anyway. I mean, a lot of these totally. awesome mountain bike you know, uh, companies, whatever you, they do have the plaid button up style, but it's good stretch to it and maybe a little airflow right. to it. But you know, there's an in between there somewhere. Totally. Yeah. 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 No, totally. I mean, I'm, a, I'm still a big fan of just wearing uh stretchy surf trunks and a t-shirt and yep. just going for it. But I don't know, <laughs> as I start to consider clipless shoes and I'm like, ah, man, do I need to start thinking about all the things? I don't yes. know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can move your bike anywhere you want with clipless. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. But that's it's on my list. It's on my list. At least to yeah. give it give it some tries. So yeah. we'll see how, see where that goes. But so you, you competed in uh, mountain biking for quite some time then, or yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so I got that first bike when I was in high school, and mm-hmm. that was my thing. I grad I skipped my college graduation because I had a race at a New England series event, and uh, my parents were like, "What? Really? <laughs> like, you're the first one to get a bachelor's degree, and you're not going?" I'm like, "And you skipped?" I'm it. like, I'm, "I can't make these points up." I skipped college graduation. Did you did you and give them an advance notice or they show up that day? I didn't even discuss graduation with them because I knew I wasn't going to go. I, I made that decision like at the beginning of the mm-hmm. semester. and um, Yeah, because you knew the dates. Yeah, so, yeah, and I just was like, I'm not going. And then as it got close, it was like early May, like probably a week or two before. I was like, hey, by the way, I'm coming home. My mom's like, what about graduation? I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. I got to go to Rhode Island. <laughs> but they knew. They My family right. like fully supported me. And you're like, still graduating. You just weren't yeah, walking. I didn't really care about that yeah. anyway. I didn't, couldn't care less other than yeah. the fact that my family all was going to be there. And yeah. I made yeah. it on time barely. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> that's when you graduated. You're, you're out of college. You're continuing to race for a little while longer after that. Yeah. So... I went to school to be a teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, I that was a funny thing. Like my savior was when I was like twelve years old. Like I just had a sixth grade teacher who grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and be like, "Stop punching people in the face. Do something right." <laughs> you yeah. know, he got me hooked on reading actually. Right on. And uh, he was like my like big time mentor. He followed me all the time until he passed when I was racing. Oh, I was just gonna ask if you keep he, in touch with him. No, still. no, wow. and he was a good man. And anyway, he uh, he kept a you know super interest in me. And when I graduated. I was. I remember talking to him, and be like, "I don't think I want to be a teacher right now. I want to race, and I couldn't do both like to the level I wanted to, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to leave Maine either. And so, um, yeah, I just 
my wife and I moved in together. We had a sweet spot in a gunquit and all I did was just train to race and started traveling. I, I got an RV. I got a stipend from power bar gave me and I wow, uh, right on, a yeah. stipend. Yeah. Yeah, and I would just take off in the RV to go to races and mostly New England or all over. I did I did the Norba circuit okay, right. for a few years. Yep. Yeah. It was sick. You know, I would leave in March. Was it just you and the RV or your team members too? Or? Uh usually I would like hook up with people along right. the way. Right. Um, but I was more like a composite type thing on my own at that point. You know, like Gary Fisher. So I rode Fishers in ninety five mm-hmm. and like they had their factory team. So I could go up and get help if I needed. But for the most part, it was just, I was one of the regional guys. Right. You know, so yeah, just load up in the RV and go. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, sure there were some so experiences fun. along that. I mean, you must have oh, stories so, from those years, right? Like, oh God. Yeah. Being but, on the road for like <laughs> leaving March and go to Utah. Like I would, I parked with a map. Yes. I didn't use map. <laughs> I only did the cross country trip without a map one time. Um, Although I would, if I flew into places, I would go to the nearest like convenience store and rip the map out of the phone book and put it in a baggie and then carry it. And I told my kids that story. And of course, my kids are such good kids because of my wife. They'd be like, well, what about the next person that needs a map? And I'm like, like I cared about that guy. <laughs> and I was like, you, way, to, way to like make me feel bad. Yeah, right. But uh, no, I, the first it's hard year, to tell your own stories and still set a good example all, all of the time, right? Impossible. Yeah. yeah, it's impossible. But that like... I traveled all a 96 in an RV. Yeah. And it just, that would be like, if you could pick a period of time to relive, it was that. Like, met so many people and like, it was the craziest of stories. Yeah. But like, I drove to Slick Rock or Utah, you know, went to Moab and I was like, I'm going to train for a couple weeks and just like get massive mileage in because you couldn't mountain bike in Maine in, in the winter back then. Yeah. yeah. It was icy and yeah. stuff. And uh, I woke up. Every day, literally with the sun, went down with the sun, mm-hmm. but I camped right at the base where Slick Rock was. So, like, the bathhouse was right there. So, I'd go in and, like, take showers in the sink yeah, every day. moved in. <laughs> but every day, I would do a lap on Slick Rock in one direction, and then I'd, like, cook food. And I'd hooked up with the Canadian national guys that were there. So, I went out every day with this guy, Mike Hunter, mm-hmm. and just put stupid miles on. And then I ended every day with a lap around Slick Rock. Yeah, that's and amazing. And huge miles on. And then, and obviously, went, your wife or was she, were you married at that time? She, no, 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 no. We were living together, but cohabitating. Was, but she was very supportive of, the, of this. Super, yeah, like really supportive. Yep, That's, really, which really. is huge. Yeah, any you know, she she ran my endeavor. feed zone for me. Yeah, every yeah. time, yeah. you know, and uh, or would just drive me back from races if I was like a hot mess. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, really she'd great. fly out with me sometimes too if we were flying and. Yeah, it was fun. She was super supportive. Yeah. Still is. Does she ride bikes as well? We've gone on one mountain bike ride ever. Really? Yep. Wow. And it was the day before her interview to be a school teacher. And it was Please like... Please don't tell me she banged herself all dude, up. Dude, she smashed her face so hard. Oh, we no. were like going off the road, like just down a ditch mm-hmm. into the power lines. And I wide open. And I'm like, you're totally fine. Just watch out for that stump. Down the hill, over the bars, face off the stump, giant fat lip. And she's like <laughs> crying, not because it hurt, but she was upset. She's like, I got an interview tomorrow. I'm like, you'll be fine. She goes into her interview with a huge fat lip. And the superintendent is like, what happened? And she's like talking to him like, I went mountain biking. And I was like, see, that's why you got the job. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's the only time we've ever gone mountain biking. It just wasn't her thing, which is fine, which no, is totally cool. Totally fine. Yeah. She loves to ride a bike, but you know, she does like, we do a lot of hiking together. Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, 
and she's like a, she's like really into being a naturalist. Mm-hmm. Like she's actually doing a master's course in it. Oh, right on. Which is crazy fun because we go tracking and we go say, all kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. She, so. she brings down her own kind of adventures. And totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. And, and healthy adventures at that. So Fully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really great. Yeah, it's really oh, fun. I can't believe she messed, up, or messed her face up. Yeah, before so. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah that was a lot of it all. So I, I so I still have that bike she was riding though. Oh, you do, yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. On. Your kids, so you you have uh, a few kids. Yep, they, my boys ride. They ride, yeah, yeah. Yep. Like as a a form of uh, having fun or yeah, yeah. just straight yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, just straight fun. And uh, you know they played lacrosse and wrestlers yeah. and yeah. loved to hike and do outdoor stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, I never really like people always ask that like your kids racers and like they'll go to races and see him they'll have fun, right. but. Um, I think my oldest is going to try an enduro this year just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. And cause he knows for me, it was at the end of the day, I don't miss the competition at all. Right. I just miss hanging around with like legit, my peers, right. Like, the camaraderie people, of it was more yeah, important than the yeah. competition. Aspect. Like you could just pull, it's like surfing, you know, you yeah. pull up and you just can talk. Yeah. yeah. You just start talking, so you know, like, yeah. and you know, and, uh, they know that that's something that I miss from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what's interesting to them is like that level of like you know kinship basically that comes from it. Right. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So now you you've also got you started some programs as well around bikes. Can you tell me a little bit yeah. about some of those things you do? So when I graduated, yeah. I started a program called. Well, when I graduated, I was like, I got to do something because I didn't want to leave Maine. I wanted to kind of like prove that you could be competitive nationally from Maine. You know, and um, I'm proud of being from Maine. And so I put a flyer out in the spring after I graduated. It looked like it was, it was a punk show flyer <laughs> just saying, hey, if you're a kid and you want to go mountain biking, meet at Breton's Bike Shop on Wednesday. It was like this Wednesday in April, you know, 96. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to have just a couple kids show up. And I had like 30 kids oh, show wow. up. And it was kind of like a day like we're in right now, you know, like where it gets cold enough that you get some like a skim of ice on the puddles. So 30 kids show up at this bike shop and I have, I literally have no idea what I'm going to do with them. And I was like, all right, let's go ride. And we just went for a ride. I didn't even like take a body count. So, like, you, had, so you had them bring their own bikes and stuff Oh, like they that. brought their okay, own bike. Yeah, okay, it was yeah, literally yeah, right. just, I'm going to take a bunch of kids for a bike ride. A group ride. Yeah. Cause for okay, me, I'm yeah. like, I just always wanted somebody to ride with. Right. And so I took these kids out on a ride and we get back and they're all like, are we doing this next week? And I was like, yeah, let's next week we'll meet here. But if now that we're going to do it twice, we, we're like a gang. So we need some names. So the next week they came back and I had come up with my own name and they had their own names and we sort of combined it. I don't even remember the names, but we ended up with Team Grimace. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, cool. And so then I was like. Like Grimace from Sesame Street, Grimace? No, Grimace like was, absolute, was that Sesame Street, Grimace? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. McDonald's. Oh, was it McDonald's? Yeah, the big purple dude. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> no, more like pain. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> more pain. That's yeah, all it was. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, they come back the next week and this kid, they're all like excited. And there's this kid, I'm just going to use his initials DC because this kid was amazing. He scarred me for life. (laughs) He shows me a logo and he's like, oh, I made a logo and we all decided on colors like on their own. And so we became Team Grimace. I'm like, yeah, but what do you guys want to do? Like, we all want to race. And I was like, really? So I've got like, at this point now, it was actually over 30 kids. It was like probably like high 30s. I still have this is no like idea. third week or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, okay, so 
(laughs) Dude, no, I think this is going to be a good turn. So (laughs) I'm going to like bring this tight. So anyways, they get this logo, they leave, and I'm like freaking out in a good way because I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Like I've got a bunch of bows here. So I go in, I hand the thing over to Holly Breton, the lady that owns the shop. And I'm like, these guys want to make a team. I don't even know what I'm doing. I got to go home. Like they told me they want to practice. I'm like, how do you mountain bike practice? So I went... I rode all the trails around the shop and mapped out three loops. There was like a 200-yard loop, a 400-yard loop, and a mile-and-a-half loop. So the next week, they show up, and dude, it was like I I put them in a torture chamber. I was like, all right, you guys want to race? Here we go. So they went out and had to do like a mile-and-a-half ride just to like warm up. And then they came back, and I threw down a bunch of wheels with a tube and a tire on it. And then I... I had like stations and I divided them into teams of four. One kid had to sprint the 200 yard loop. One kid had to do a tire change. <laughs> one kid had to do push ups and one kid had to do plank. And I was like, this, they're going to just quit. And I wasn't trying to make them quit. I just was like, this is not going to work. They were so hyped up after getting hammered on. They were dead. I was like, oh my God, you guys like that? They're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give you guys a head start. And they're like, and so then I was like, well, I need to train. You know, it's like a Wednesday. So I was like, I'm going to give you guys a head start. And whoever I catch has to do push-ups. And so I gave them like a one-minute head start and just took off chasing them. So for me, I was getting practice passing people at high speed. (laughs) They were going mental trying to stay away from me. Nobody ever signed a waiver. Like, nothing. I didn't even know how to get in touch with their parents if they got jacked up. (laughs) So they're like sprinting through the woods. I'm passing them. And so finally, when we get back, I'm like, all right, we're going to do it again. But this time... I'm going to start you guys. And I started timing them. And then it became a benchmark test. Right. And that was practice week after week. And then we started playing capture the flag on bikes, which was pure mayhem. And so then they were like, we want to go to a race. And I'm like, yeah, cool. So I take them over to Nashua, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, the day after was a, so like June was always a big month for me for, cause it was Mount Snow. And that was like my course, like mm-hmm. hard power climbs, really hard, fast descending. So I take them to Nashua. I'm like, this is the place to race. It's Nashua, no hills, dead flat. So I take them over there and we were just like, oh, oh sorry. The shop owner went and got jerseys made. Okay. Yeah. Right. Back to the logo. Yeah. So she just went to the, she went to her distributor, Bellwether, and bought all the jerseys on clothes out that she could. They were all rose colored. <laughs> and I was like, these kids aren't going to wear these. No way, dude. They were so stoked. They all wore these rose colored jerseys with Team Grimace logos on it. And so I took them to this race and they just, it was bad news bears. And right, totally. They smoke everybody and they just destroy everybody. And I covered second in like, in the, like whatever, expert pro men's race. And at the end of my race, I'm like hanging out and talking to the dudes that win. And... They were like, what are you doing? And I was just like, what do you mean? They're like, who are all these kids with you? This is sick. And I'm like, oh, well, this is my team. And they're like, Dude, what? So they're like, you got a team? And I had like 20 kids there. And uh, I was like, yeah. Um, I just started this after school program. You know, I always wanted to be a racer when I was a kid. And they're like, where are you guys from? And I was like, I'm from Maine. And they're like, oh, damn. They're like, that's so sick. And then the dude looks at his brother and he goes, remember, we used to race that road race in Maine. And remember the crazy kid would jump in with us and ride? Shut up. (laughs) And I almost like burst into tears. I was like, oh, my God, it worked. (laughs) Because all I ever wanted to do was 
when I was a kid was race. Yeah. And here I was, like, however many years later, sitting next to dudes that were in that race. And I was like, dude, that wasn't me. And they're like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, man, it was like total break and away. I was wearing like Chuck Taylors. And they were like, yeah. They're like, that, you would ride with us. And, and they just remembered because like that was one of the only races. So anyway, that I mean, like that was like the start of Team Grimace. And the year after, so that was like 96. And we just raced a ton. I raced like a ton. And um, when the next year came around, I'm like, yeah, we're going to be like super, we're going to put it together. Right. And we're just going to like, at that point, I'm like, we're going to go wreak havoc now. Like I because there were national teams, like Devo was a national team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, yep, let's go do this. And uh, we had legit uniforms made up, like skin suits. And we just, we made like the race team. Yeah. And then we had like the club kids. Yeah. Right. And because um, there were some kids that never, ever raced. And they're the dudes that are still riding now. Mm-hmm, right. And um, they're we the ended up, yeah. I, I bought a 12, we had, we went to Burger King and had like three car washes and ended up buying an Air Force surplus van, <laughs> painting it flat gray, sticking the crap out of one of the dads worked at like for a government business. We're not going to name the Navy Yard, but he printed <laughs> stickers and we stickered it up. And I was 26 years old, and these parents would give me their 11 kids. And I was, was, was going to ask you, how did you even get to the first race? Like all this, I have so many side questions. Oh my god, but, dude! Yeah. I signed every kid's waiver. Yeah, like everywhere <laughs> we went, they would. I would just plan it. And yeah, we didn't even have email. We yeah. weren't even using email. Right. I would just be like, I would have a meeting. I would just print a flyer out and be like, "You're meeting me at the shop at this time. Right. Bring this much money. I rented us a house or a hotel." And we would just get in, and I would take their kids on a Friday and bring them home on Were a Sunday. Were there chaperones coming along, too? Like no. Dude, it was just Literally me. Literally <laughs> a 26-year-old dude in a van with a bunch of kids heading off the state line. Now people would be like, oh, what's this guy want? And I was just like, I want to be able to race, yeah. and I want these kids to race. <laughs> and that's just what I did. That's super rad, yeah. And it was super funny. And then uh, there's so many stories with it, like... I would take him into the grocery store and I'd be like, all right, here's the list. Like you guys go get this, you get this and you get this. And they'd all like be running through the store and like come back. Um, Nothing like sending a teenagers into a grocery store. Yeah. Mayhem. Yeah. Totally. But then they would go back and everybody learned how to cook yeah, and uh, yeah. clean up stuff. And so cool. Yeah. And it was they, all demographics, all types of people. Like just whoever showed up that first couple of weeks, that that's who was Yeah, there, I right? don't care. Yeah, yeah. You just had to be from Maine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's right, it. Yeah. Like it, we were all Maine kids at that time in those very early days. You know, we didn't take a kid from out of Maine until like maybe 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I took a yeah. kid from outside of Maine. I coached kids. You know, like I coached Jordy Lund for a while. Yeah. A kid that was like the, free, the like freestyle mountain biker, became a freestyle mountain biker. Um, and I, I was coaching a bunch of kids at that time, like Alan Obi and whatnot. He was a Vermont kid, national champ. Um, but it was Maine. That's so and cool. It, yeah. It, it, there's just so many stories with it. You do know, you still like, have your Grimace t-shirt, your first one or any of them? Oh yeah. Yeah, you do. Tons. Yeah. Cool. yeah they yeah, don't I, fit anymore. It sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that tends to happen. <laughs> yeah, I do. We gotta, I got to see a picture. We got to post that along with this. I, uh, I will. This yeah, I'll dig them out. I've got some somewhere because like right the, I'm going to ask me like the last few races I did, I didn't know we're going to be on my last few races. So I had actually asked my sponsor, I was like, can I wear this jersey? Because it was the end of the main series and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm like, we're done like all of our traveling. And uh, yeah, I actually wore Team Grimace jerseys in my last you few did. races, oh, which was great. cool. Yeah, um, 
It, we're bringing it back though. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing okay. back Team Grimace. You are okay. Yeah, I own the dot com. Okay. So I had the dot com, and these guys in Great Britain, like a men's group, had Team Grimace, and I had, I emailed them after I decided I wasn't going to do Team Grimace anymore, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, you can have this dot com, but if you're ever going to give it up, please contact me. And then completely forgot about it. And then two years ago, I got an email and this guy's like, hey, we're done. Do you want it back? Really? I was wow. like, really? I'm like, there's good people in the world. And yeah, so I had- That's to, amazing that it came back around to you. Yeah. I, I that totally, doesn't happen. Yeah. I had forgotten about it. Right. And uh, so now I have Team Grimace and um, yeah, we're, we're going to do it again. Right on. That's really excellent. Yeah. And it's going to be main kids yeah. and it's going to be elite level cycling development for juniors in Maine. Uh, Not that it doesn't exist already, but- right. We just do things a little different. But Team Grimace. But Team Grimace yeah, is right. coming back, yeah. Oh, I can't wait and to I'll, see I'll that. wear a Team Grimace jersey now. Yeah, uh, right on. <laughs> yeah. So then, and then, uh, besides that, you once that's came sort of a finish for a little while, though. Now yeah. you, you're working on. You have a new venture you're working towards. So yeah. So because of Team Grimace, um, when I stopped racing, I knew I wasn't going to be a teacher then. Right. Because I was like, I'll never get tenure. Because I'm like. It's not the teacher's fault. It's that your, your kid's not learning. Like, there's other issues. And mm-hmm. I would have just told parents, Wah. Right, right, right. I literally got a knock on the door. And they're like, hey, uh, I work for a consulting firm. I live in town. And you're the guy that takes kids mountain biking. And we would go surfing and mountain biking and mm-hmm. we'd go snowboarding then. Um, we rode bikes here around. And she's like, I represent a family that wants to build a skate park. And they don't know what they're doing. And they want to know if you'd come in and talk. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, sure. This is 2000, January 2000. I'm like, sure, man. Like, I'm always up for a free lunch. And so I went down and met with this family. And before I got at a great meeting, super kind family. And I just left. I was like, oh yeah, they just wanted to like have somebody validate their idea or whatever. Right. And when I got home, there was a message from them offering me a job. <laughs> and so, you know, I was banging nails and like waiting tables and trying to literally figure out what I was going to do because I wasn't going to be a teacher at that right. point. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I consulted for them for about a year and a half and then went on full time. That's, yeah, it's the that only, was Rye that, Airfield. That, yeah, that became Rye Airfield. Yeah, yeah. And they just gave it to me to run. They, they built it. They were like, there's a sum of money to get started with. There's not more. Don't come back to the pot. (laughs) And I always figured it would go for like 20 years and I would have to leverage, you know, and pull equity out of the park. And luckily enough, we didn't have to do that Mm -hmm. and just ground it hard. And then uh, when we closed the park, we were able to sell and walk away with a nest egg that we put into a fund and now it's going to fund a nonprofit into perpetuity right on yeah um, is that anything specific right now that's going into uh yeah so i while i was at the park i started a program called get on board okay and it's for skateboarding i was getting super burnt out you know like it's high risk why i laugh i'm like i was 26 taking kids without waivers <laughs> right. but to go into rye airfield you had to have like everybody had to sign a waiver and that was the only real contentious part that like started all relationships mm-hmm. rough and so that was burning me out. And then one day, my oldest, Levi, he was in fifth grade, and he's like, I wish we could skateboard at school. And I was like, you can. <laughs> I'm like very growth mindset and yeah. pretty cavalier with it. And that was like, let's say it was a Monday. I emailed this PE teacher, and I'm like, hey, can I bring in stuff to teach kids how to skateboard? And she's like, sure. I was like, how many kids? She's like, whatever. It was like 58 kids. I was like, no problem. I went into the <laughs> barn, grabbed every skateboard I had, went through Lost and Found, grabbed all my rental gear, started like calling all my friends, grabbing spare boards. And 
showed up and taught every kid in fifth grade that year how to skateboard at his school. And then somebody else was like, hey, there's a kids fest going on in South Berwick. Can you come teach kids how to skateboard? Yeah, no problem. So if you follow skateboarding, Nora Vasconcelos is like arguably the most influential female skater in the world. Grew up skating at the park. Oh, right on, and yeah. she'd come up and crash at our house if she needed a place to crash. And I was like, Nora, I need your help. <laughs> and we went to this festival and like got kids hooked. And I was like, dude, we're, we're doing this. And so I sat down and... I like programs, and so I just sat down and like sketch it all out. Like, well, we're going to teach kids how to skateboard, and that we're this school year coming up will we'll be our tenth school year. We go to schools, we train PE teachers how to teach skateboarding, and then loan the gear, and we're going to do the exact same thing with bikes now. Oh, that's right, right so, now. So, um, yeah, I just ordered thirty balance bikes because they're the easiest ones to get, mm-hmm. and we are gradually building up our inventory of just mountain bikes. And, uh, under the, the same goal. program name for that? Mm, no. So since, yeah. yeah, we're now called first push syndicate. Right. Yep. Um, because, and our goal is we're not trying to create skaters and bikers. Mm-hmm. It's, but we're using those as tools to get kids to build a little bit more grit right. and to give them some like soft baseline leadership skills. Yep. So I'm very like Socratic when we teach things. So if I go in and I'm going to do a class, I might hold a bike up and be like, what's this? And they're going to say, and get them, you know, ask them questions and get them talking. And that's what we do with it. And so you get them talking. And inevitably, if I say, hey, who, anybody change a flat tire? A kid's going to raise their hand. Mm-hmm. And then they teach. Right. You know, yep. anybody do a wheelie? They can. They're going to help teach. I might, I might be beside them walking them through it. But that's the whole thing. That's the premise of like the learn, lead, live. I gave you that sticker. Yep, yep. And, you know, like... It's the step along the way. And the live part is the give back part. Do your trail maintenance and, you know, help get parks built or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing now. That's Charging exciting. forward. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, we're, we've got 100 teachers on board with skateboarding. We just hooked up. Is with, that all in Maine as well? Or? Uh, that's all over New England. Okay, yeah. I actually have schools like one in Washington, one in Virginia, oh. one on Long Island. Very yeah, cool, yeah, so we're actually going on the agenda for USA Skateboarding. Oh, wow. With that as a school-based yep, program. Yep, yep. Yeah, so that's going to be Exciting big. Exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm going to charge after that just with bike. Like, yeah. bike is my passion. Yeah, like, right. It's, if I could only do one thing, it's it's going to be that. Yep, ride a bike. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, like, one of the questions I like to ask when people have multiple uh, passions in their life, yep. like, if you had to choose, you know, one thing, would it be bike or skate or surf or climb? Bike. bike yeah all the time all day yeah all day every day that's yeah. exciting i don't even surf anymore yeah yeah i was in the water it's terrible but like that lady got killed like up us out of harpswell yeah yeah but i was sure. prone paddling yeah. trying to re- recoup my shoulder all over that weekend in phippsburg oh. and the pogies were going nuts and we we're like something weird's happening I don't know. So sketchy. I don't. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. I'm like, nope. I, I still I don't mind bike. Maine, uh, but when I, I used to enjoy like traveling down to Mexico or mm-hmm. Caribbean or something like that to surf, and now I, I don't know. I just I like being under the water with with uh, yeah. with the fish and stuff like that, scuba diving and snorkeling. Yeah, and stuff. But snorkeling so fun. But, yeah, but yeah. I, you know, then you can sort of, you're on there more. Like, you see what's around. It's, uh, yeah, I get anyway. a little skeezed out. My kids all <laughs> surf though. Yeah, I mean, right. my wife's an awesome surfer. Yeah, yeah, you know, but. I'll still I'll still do it. I mean, I'm a mile and a half from a couple amazing uh, breaks right here. So no, yeah, those breaks are terrible. <laughs> I mean, no. Well, I'm, I'm coming to you from uh, <laughs> where, where am I right now? I think of a terrible place. 
They're terrible. Everyone knows where, where these are. Totally. For sure. Yeah. You can't hide them at all. So, well, I feel like that's probably a, a good uh, place to call it. I mean, we could probably talk for days, maybe yeah, do a part probably. two or part two in season three or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Get into more of the calamities of your, uh, your holdups and whatnot you started talking about. But right. anyway, but before I let you go, I mean, obviously you've talked a lot about your um, programs, but if uh, you want to plug anything or say hi to anybody out there. Yeah. My family, they like support me. Um, my wife for sure. You know, she's the one that's like, she said this morning, she's like, what happened to your arm? I was like, oh, I might've fallen at four rocks. She's like, Oh, it's cute. And she just keeps rolling with it. <laughs> you know? So like she's there, she picks me up when I need it. And, uh, you know, my kids are just awesome. Yeah. You know, they support it fully. They, you know, they understand they're like, they give me my time now, which is great, you know, cause I do need to get out and keep active. And, uh, yeah, my buddy Alan, he's the one that gets me riding if I don't want to ride or yeah, something. Yeah, good. You good know, to have so. those friends. Yeah, totally. And then the, the Rickert family, they're the ones that helped Rye Airfield happen and they're supporting me doing my dreams now. You know, I helped them live theirs for 20 years and they're basically going to do the same. Cool, cool. So, and so where can, where can people find uh, the websites, things like that? Uh, or, or, social or media. Whatever. like yeah. yeah, probably social media. Maybe just go where I'm at, like, I, I'm on Instagram, Boo Lambert. Okay. Um, it's first push syndicate. Um, okay. is going to be the it first push syndicate is going to be the dot com. We don't do a ton with social media with that because it's kind of like the antithesis of what we're trying to do with sure. kids. Yep. But we'll have the website up and running, just waiting on a couple more photo releases. And uh, yeah, keep an eye on it. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, I'll uh, definitely post a lot about uh, these. Any any links I have, I'll post on sure. the, on the show notes and on our social media and things like that. But thanks for time today, making it all the way up here, bringing Thank me you. a fantastic lunch, spending a couple hours hanging out in the uh, studio slash kitchen table here. But um, <laughs> anybody out there, if you have any bike related stories you uh, want to share with the world, or at least the tens of people who listen to this podcast. Definitely reach out to me at uh, iRideABike.com and follow along at iRideABike on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, I guess till next time, just ride safe and ride happy. But Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Take me back to the times when we would grab our bikes. And ride the days into the night Though our eyes would soon be open For the moment we were golden This has been a production of iRide LLC. For more information, please visit iRideABike.com. Theme song by Spencer Alby. Want to hear more? Enter at Spencer Alby on socials and streaming platforms.